Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. Connor Morissette here, joined with three members of the SB Live team now. It's not just Bodie De Silva and Lance Smith. Mitch Stevens, the California editor and reporter up in the Bay Area, joins us now. Mitch, great to be with you. Bodie and Lance, we'll get to you in a second. But Mitch, it's great having you on the team. How have you enjoyed the first few weeks of the SB Live experience? No, it is definitely live. No question. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, I'm the lone NorCal uh, full timer here, but I should note, um, as I've noted many times, I was born in Hollywood. I think I might be the only one that was born in uh, Southern California. West Bodie, where were you born? San Diego. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's two of us, but uh, <laughs> no, it's been uh, fantastic. A little different pace, good fast pace, and uh, yeah, let's get rolling. Awesome. So for this show, we're mainly going to focus on takeaways from the first week of the high school football season in California. Might look ahead a little bit at the end to a big week in California high school football coming up this weekend, but we'll start with takeaways, things we learned from opening weekend. So Bodie, let's go to you because I feel like in San Diego, it was a potential preview of an open division level championship kind of game between cathedral Catholic and modern day Catholic cathedral Catholic ends up winning that game. You covered it. What were your takeaways? Yeah, definitely two different teams coming into the season. Uh, both won section titles, both won state titles last year. And Modern Day brings back so much, 17 returning starters. For Cathedral, they didn't bring back one starter on offense. But the way their program works, they, they have such big numbers on their freshman team, their JV team. Um, even if they're not bringing stars up, there are guys to take those spots. They know the offense. They know how everything's going to be run. And um, that's exactly what they did on on Saturday night, they um, the offense was fine. They moved the ball as they needed to. They have a new quarterback, Jack Stevens, moved in from Las Vegas. And um, But defensively, I thought they'd be good. They were even better than I could have expected. Um, they've got so many Division One guys, linebackers, defensive backs. Um, but even then, it's the one that really at this point only has the one offer. Sophomore Madden Faramo was excellent. 12 tackles, two interceptions, fumble recovery. Um, it seemed every time you looked up, he was in a different part of the field. He he can play up at the line of scrimmage. He can play over the top as a safety. And um, he he looks like he's he's gained a ton of weight, grown two or three inches since last season. And um, he's, he's a guy that I, I think ultimately is probably a top 50 prospect in the in the whole country in his class. And um, is going to be a huge playmaker for the Dons as the season goes on. So, yeah, as the game goes, uh, Cathedral scored once in each quarter. And that was enough. I didn't think it would be because modern day brought back so much on offense and they just struggled moving the ball. Um, they put a couple drives together, but ultimately when you turn it over four times, um, that'll hurt you because Cathedral's not going to let you get those extra chances. And um, Cathedral goes down and, and gets a huge win 28-14 to start the year and showed everyone that despite all their losses, they're right there. And um, I have them at number two in the section, but they're they're somewhere in that that one or two range at this point. Yeah, Bodie has Carlsbad at, at number one and they play modern day Catholic this weekend, right? Correct. Yep. So that'll be a good test for them. See how those two teams compare. All right, Lance, let's go to you. Where were you last weekend? And we'll start with just your biggest takeaway from games you covered a week ago. Uh, the first game I was at was Aquinas versus Atawanda and Aquinas won that one 28, 21, which is about what I expected. My, my biggest takeaway is actually for Atawanda. I, I have a lot of good things I could say about Aquinas. I figured they would win that game. They're very good teams. They're, they're just, uh, you know, with returning a lot of their best players, even though they only had eight returning starters, the, we, we kind of know what to expect from them, and we got what we expected from them. For Etiwanda, so many questions. Connor, you did their preview 
uh, what was it, five returning starters, give or take. And uh, they, they said uh, Jaden Landrum would be probably their best player this year. Uh, so I was expecting big things from him. And uh, I know JoJo Washer, cornerback, is a standout guy. And other than that, I really didn't know what to expect. Like, you know, last year when they won the baseline league, it wasn't – it was their first time since 2009. And, uh, you know, the, it was a fair question. Is this going to be kind of a one-time thing for Etiwanda, uh, having a, a really good rise like that, breaking through for something, and, and then, uh, you know, calling it a day? And, and what was very clear to me, even though they had a pretty rough start and, and didn't pull out the win, is that they are in good hands. Uh, especially with the offensive triumvirate of DeMar Demarcus Davis at uh, quarterback and uh, Jaden Moss at running back, who I, I didn't actually really know him before that game, but he's a three-star guy, and Jaden Landrum at wide receiver, and they're all they're all juniors, and uh, they are they're big time. Uh, Landrum and Davis are both six foot four, and um, Landrum's over two hundred pounds. He looked the part of a future D one receiver right away. And uh, with Davis, I, I didn't know that he's a stud, but uh, this he instantly rose to the top of my uh, watch this guy uh, at a D1 level uh, list for, for guys who are essentially unknowns coming into the season. Uh, I don't often make comparisons to other former high school players we've covered, uh, but he reminded me a bunch of a guy who, uh, as you guys know, I was super high on a couple years ago, and that was Colt Fulton uh, of Santa Margarita, who now plays at Boise State. Uh, with the 6'4 frame, uh, throwing clean, beautiful balls, including 30, 40 yards downfield or more. And uh, even though it was his first start, probably his first meaningful minutes at the varsity level, uh, he looked good and, and just poised. And uh, he definitely, you know, definitely ha has some of the inexperience of someone who's inexperienced. But I think with those three, the size that they do have, and they still have speed all over the field, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be another – huge year division three whatever uh but but i think what they're building for as far as next year i, I think etawanda uh, again is in really good position uh and again i know we just talked about an aquinas win shouts out to an aquinas uh shouts out to aquinas they, they were solid uh but you know knowing that they were going to be solid not knowing what to expect of etawanda that's why that's my big takeaway even though it was a strong win for aquinas Love it. So watch out for the Eagles. They'll be very good all year, even though they fell short in that first game, but uh, definitely building something over there. Mitch, let's go to you. I don't want to hijack your, your takeaway, but you saw two pretty good quarterbacks last weekend, right? I did. I, I saw two, uh, two absolute blowouts. Uh, I, I was, I was thinking about going one game at a time, but it was, um, uh, I saw Long Beach Poly, uh, both were in the central section. I've never tapped in, put my toes in that section to, to watch uh, the game. And I saw two of them back to back, 109 degree heat during the, the day. But it was um, two blocks, Long Beach Poly came up uh, all the way 250 miles and they beat uh, Clovis 56 to uh, seven. And then the next day, Buchanan, which is uh, the second or third best team in the central section, uh, you know, waxed uh, Bakersfield 56 to three. And it just struck me that the two quarterbacks uh, absolutely almost did the exact same thing. They threw, they each threw four touchdown passes. And, and this is uh, Darius Curry of, of Long Beach Poly and uh, Jaden Mandel of, uh, of Buchanan. They each threw four touchdown passes to four different receivers. That was kind of the thing. They just really spread the ball around and, uh, uh, and they each had 
ton of weapons to use and, and they did it well. And uh, it struck me certainly that uh, it was pretty obvious. It's like, well, maybe those two teams should have played uh, each other. That might've been more entertaining. You know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I feel bad that Bakersfield uh, was without uh, Tybo Rogers, uh, the uh, Washington bound running back. So uh, they were obviously shorthanded. Um, He'll supposedly be okay the rest of the season. They weren't really seeing why he was out. And uh, probably just simply, uh, uh, Clovis was simply overmatched um, from the from the get-go. The first play of the game was four-yard loss, second play, one-yard loss, and then the third play, tip pass and interception at the one-yard line. And it was just all downhill from there. But uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun going anyway, uh, even with two lopsided games uh, the crowds were amazing. Clovis, though they got waxed, uh, I, I can't imagine a better cheering section and rooting section and two beautiful stadiums. So it was all good. I'll get to my takeaway in a second. Mitch, is Jaden Mandel a quarterback who the three of us down here in Southern California, we maybe haven't seen enough of and we underrate in our, in our rankings? I, I, I think after what he was able to do against Los Alamitos a couple of years ago, he kept them in that game and he dominated an inferior opponent this past weekend. I know he's committed to Fresno State. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys who this happens in a state like California where the three of us are down here in Southern right. California, and we just kind of missed it with this kid. This kid's a real guy, you would say, right? Yeah, I would say so. And, and one thing I should say, you know, it was, a, it was a coaching debut of Ross Wood, who was the offensive coordinator. And he obviously – he's an offensive-minded – and these two guys are just – locked uh and he runs that it's it's high you know it's a a spread fast i mean really fast i i couldn't keep up i mean i'm trying to walk the sidelines it was and and what he does so well is i mean his escapability he and he throws on the run um and every pass on the run was on the money you know yeah he he looks like uh, the real deal for sure i went to orange lutheran against Sarah Gardena on Friday night and Sarah jumped out to a 20 to three lead. And at halftime it was seven to three. And I texted this group and said, Oh, my game's kind of a dud. At least it's close. And then the second half, it totally turned around. It was a fantastic second half. Orange Lutheran came back from the dead and won 27, 26. My big takeaway from that game, Lancer starting quarterback, TJ Latif. He's a sophomore coming into this game. He had offers from Florida state, Arizona and Colorado Hadn't started a game before, and you guys all know a lot of times these young quarterbacks, they get these offers, a few from high-profile schools or whatever, but they haven't played much, and you just want to see if, if the offers are warranted. And after watching Latif's debut, I'd say these offers are absolutely warranted, and I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback out of California in the 2025 class. His first throw from scrimmage was a pick six, so it couldn't have gotten off to a worse start. It wasn't really his fault. It was tipped at the line, so – maybe his fault a little bit, but then right into the hands of Roderick Pleasant. So he couldn't have gotten off to a worse start. And of course you don't want to judge a guy off of one throw, but it was really interesting to see how he settled in because a lot of guys, if they're making their starting debut, they throw a pick six on that first throw. That's it. They're, they're sunk. They're not going to come back from that at that level. We had orange Lutheran as the number 12 team and the state and Sarah's the number 11 team. That was the, the lights were very bright and Latif rebounded really well. He wasn't rattled after that. 
he made the gotta have it throw on fourth and goal to win the game. It was a little wheel route from his running back Rex Pereira, but, but he nailed that throw, which was really impressive. He had a few wild throws. I thought and he, he settled in really nicely. I, I was very impressed with him. He finished with 228 yards, two touchdowns, and then the one pick, which of course came on the, that first throw. Um, so I think TJ Latifi, he's a, he's a name to remember. And that was my big takeaway. I always am very intrigued watching quarterbacks start their first game at a big time program like Orange Lutheran, see how they're going to retool, reload. And I was just really impressed with, with TJ Latif. I had a few other takeaways from that game I can get to in a second, but uh, Orange Lutheran now up to number 10 in our state rankings. And I'm excited to see how they compete in the Trinity League this year. I think uh, Santa Margarita was a little underwhelming in their opening game against San Juan Hills. So maybe Orange Lutheran could be that team that finishes third this season. That's something that's on my radar as well. Let's go rapid fire though. Bodie, do you have a few other takeaways for, from some games? Uh, I'll ask you to keep it brief, but just other things you learned from last weekend. Uh, the other game I was at on Friday night, uh, Torrey Pines was hosting Ayala, so a cross-section matchup there. They'll, it's the first of two games in that series, so they will return the favor next year. Um, and we had Ayala coming in at number 50, um, and they were clearly the bigger team up front, and they used that uh, to really dominate uh, that way throughout. They grabbed an early lead. It was a scoreless first quarter, but they they dominated the first half. Um, and then ended up winning 28-14, uh, and that was with four turnovers. They were a little sloppy, and um, I know uh, their coach after, A.J. Gracia, was not too pleased, but he goes, look, we came down, we accomplished what we needed to, we won the game by two touchdowns, despite all that, it's stuff we can clean up, but it's also the same things that we struggled with last year. So uh, their quarterback, Brian Wilson, looked good. He made some passes. Uh, was really impressive, I think, in the pocket of just when pressure would come, he'd step up, move where he needed to, and deliver an accurate pass. So uh, Ayala is a good team, and um, they they took down a, a Torrey Pines team that I had ranked in the top 10. I think they'll be back uh, in in a couple weeks, but for now, I moved them out this week. Lance, any scorching hot takes from you? Nothing scorching hot. Uh, Jay Sarah beating Sierra Canyon 31-17, obviously a big deal. Uh, did I, I had a little trouble taking away anything specific for that team, uh, for that game with Jay Sarah. It's a super well-coached team where not a ton of big names, but the whole is much bigger than the sum of its parts and the parts are great, but the whole is even better. Uh, I was definitely particularly impressed with, uh, Xander Singh, junior quarter, junior quarterback who almost led them to an upset win against Sierra Canyon in the playoffs last year. Uh, he's, he, he reads the reads defenses really well, has a good arm. Uh, I, I think he's better outside the pocket than advertised. So interested to see where he goes, how he builds onto this performance. Uh, but uh, cerebral was kind of the thing I took away was also really impressed with their sophomore running back, George Perez. Uh, I guess, I guess I'm a little concerned for Sierra Canyon. And, and when I say concerned, it's, you know, we're used to them pushing the top five in the Southern section and pushing the top seven, top eight in the state every year. They are still a great team and a great program, uh, but they're not quite as senior heavy. A, a lot of the big names they've had leave, uh, especially on defense in, in the past season or two, haven't been replaced with other big names. And I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to overreact to one loss. Uh, but what I was thinking after the game was, this might be a year for Sierra Canyon where they adjust their expectations a bit, you know, or, or their fans expectations a bit and say, you know, we are a really good team. Um, maybe let's focus on being the best version of a really good team instead of being a team that tries to be elite and never quite gets there the whole year, if that makes sense. 
Um, Alonzo Esparza, their sophomore quarterback from Culver City, he's uh, raw compared to Division One, Division Two level, uh, but he is so talented. And uh, he's a guy who I absolutely think is going to get there. Uh, it might not be more till next year just because they play such a hard schedule. But uh, definitely, if he's, if, if he's not going to be amazing the first few weeks of this season, I, I definitely believe in him in the long run. But, yeah, I, I would say Sierra Canyon either needs to show something new, have find a different uh, sort of identity or a different couple guys, new faces break out, or temper their expectations going forward. I think it's got to be one of the two. Yeah, Mitch, I'm going to jump in front of you here real quick because Sierra Canyon in the Mission League, I thought they were underwhelming, losing to Jay Sarah. Sarah Gardena in the Mission League, they blow that 20-3 to lead to Orange Lutheran. That was underwhelming. Bishop Amat, they played the worst opponent out of those three Mission League teams, but they got started on Thursday night, and they beat Valencia – pretty handily 29 to six, I believe was the final score. They didn't have their starting running back, Aiden Ramos, and they have a few new pieces this year, but, but I think Bishop Amat might be a team who wins the mission league after this opening uh, series of results. Chaminade, I like them a lot too. I don't know if this year they're quite there, but I, I thought going in, it was going to be Sierra Canaan or Sarah Gardena probably winning that league. And I think Amat has a really good chance because when Aiden Ramos comes back, he's going to give them a whole new dimension at running back. He missed that opening game with a bad ankle. It was just precautionary. He's expected to be back this week against La Habra. I think they're playing. And then they play St. John Bosco after. So that'll be a different story. But uh, I, I think Bishop Amat's pretty good. The The name to know for, for them outside of Delano Franklin, who we profiled tenfold on our website. So if you want to see anything with Delano Franklin, scorebooklive.com slash California. Uh, junior linebacker Stacy Bay, he transferred from Harupa Hills, and he has a few offers, but with all due respect to Harupa Hills, no one's really watching those games. So that was my first chance seeing him, and he was incredible what he was what he was doing. He, he's on one drive, he single-handedly forced a uh, intentional grounding call. He, he had two tackles for loss. He, he's a junior linebacker for Bishop Amat, and – he looks like the real deal. He might be a defensive player of the year candidate in the mission league. So uh, I don't want to overreact to one big win, but I think they come out of that opening week looking the best. They, they have a new quarterback, Richie Munoz, who if he needs to be, um, I want to see what he can do in, in like a two minute situation with the game on the line. He wasn't really challenged uh, in that opening game, but uh, I think he's an exciting prospect too. So wanted to butt in there because we were talking mission league. Uh, Mitch, any opening or not opening, any uh, more takes from you? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you four quick ones. How about four quick ones? Okay, Darius Curry. We, we were talking about uh, Jaden, but uh, I want that guy leading me uh, anywhere. I think he's a fan. You know, forget that he's an amazing talent. He threw for 363 yards, four touchdowns. But you can tell he's got that team on his back, uh, and uh, they all love him. He is a fantastic leader. We can go into more details on that later. Their coach, Stephen Barbie, I, I've seen uh, Long Beach Poly only when they come up to play De La Salle. I've seen them a couple of times. They always seem like they sort of underachieved uh, with the talent level they had, in my experience, uh, you know, limited. But, wow, he's a, an exceptional coach, and I think uh, watch out for Poly. We'll see how far they can go in what division. Uh, a shout out to Folsom. They lose Walker Lions, uh, devastating injury. Um, 
the start of that game, he's going to Stanford, absolutely would crush any team emotionally, but yet they uh, they rolled on Monterey Trail 47-18, and this, uh, they come in with another quarterback, Austin Mack, 334 yards and five touchdowns. And lastly, I want to go see sunny side of uh, Fresno play. They got these, these two sophomores. Uh, the, and they tore it up as freshmen. Uh, Tanner Wilson threw for 474 yards, seven touchdowns, and his sophomore uh, wide receiver, C.J. Jones, had uh, 16 catches for 240 and four touchdowns. And they're both sophomores. Uh, so, anyway, those are four quick ones. Thank you. I know Lance has a few thoughts on, on Folsom. We can get to him in a second. Sure. Mitch, I, I have a question for you. Out of uh, Mac, the new Folsom quarterback, and then the Sarah quarterback, I don't want to butcher his name, yeah. Malawaki yeah. Smith, is that how you say it? Yeah, you got it. Perfect. Oh, wow, okay. That was lucky. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't really know. Yeah, that sounded, <laughs> uh, it sounded good. Yeah. I know both those guys are pretty highly touted quarterbacks, yeah. and I feel like the last couple of years, maybe that's unfair to Sarah's quarterback last year but I, have these teams had these great quarterbacks recently I, I feel like both of them having studs I don't want to say is new I'm sure they over the history maybe the last 10 years they, they have had some D1 guys but last year I know Folsom's quarterback wasn't really that true division one caliber kind of guy can these teams challenge probably not a North uh, open state championship but with these quarterbacks could could, could we see some really historic level play out of some of these guys? You know, I think both programs have actually had, had really good quarterbacks, but, you know, not, uh, you know, other than, uh, you know, Jake Browning obviously yeah. turned out pretty good as a division one. I mean, Folsom has the kid last year was absolutely a gamer. Uh, Tristine. I got, uh, Tremaine. Tremaine. Tyler Tremaine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now that kid was all heart and everything. Yeah. Both these kids look like uh, division one prospect. Uh, the Sarah, program is uh a kid lampkin he was uh fantastic and they had another division one guy right before then he's at arizona state i can't remember his name but uh macklemore yeah yep mac that's right he's at arizona state or arizona but um yeah but these two guys you know i'll be you know i'm gonna go watch them uh this friday so they're both playing each other sarah yeah. and Folsom. so uh i i'll give you more info when i when i get to see him in person uh but um, I'm hearing great things and, you know, they, they kind of meet up with more of the measurables for sure. Uh, I'm really excited to see them this Friday when they play at Folsom. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that game after. And obviously that game has massive implications with the with state playoffs eventually, because both those teams will right. certainly be in the playoffs and who knows, probably the state playoffs too. Lance, well, did you have a thought on, on Folsom before we moved on? I did. Uh, I just want to point out that they have been sitting on the best uh, tight end two, if you will, in the state for at least a season and a half. And that's Mason Norberg. Uh, Coach Paul Doherty raves about this guy. He caught for over 300 yards last year as probably a not, not a top five target on that team. And I, I guess my take is that uh, whether Folsom, you know, makes the open division game, whether they're back in one double A, whatever it is, uh, my, my take is that they are not going to they are not going to fall as a result of just missing one all-world tight end. That's that's kind of the take there. If they don't end up being the best team in NorCal, it's not going to be because you look at Walker Lyons, no matter how great he is, and, and say, 
oh, it, you know, they were missing production here. Uh, I, I think, I mean, Rico Flores was another first team All-State guy. Ontario Smith is a three-star guy who's so ready to break out at a high level. And I guess if nothing else, watch out for Mason Norberg. Uh, coach has been saying for years he's as good as any offensive player on that team. Uh, he had the numbers to show for it. I think he is going to be a top five pass catching tight end, if not a top five tight end in the state this year. All right. You heard it here first. Bodie, 60 seconds or less. Where are you going this weekend? And can I get a score prediction? Yeah, I'm going to see Cathedral Catholic um, again this week. They are hosting Corona Centennial. Um, it's a return game of a game that I went up and covered last year in Corona. And um, look, Centennial's not much worse than they were last year. Um, Cathedral, I think they probably are. And that game wasn't close last year. So I'll be real interested because Cathedral just doesn't have the offense to, to go up and down the field with what I expect Centennial to be. And um, when I talked to Coach Sean Doyle after the game, uh, he goes, look, we made so many mistakes tonight, but um, I saw that centennial score it was 85, nothing. <laughs> we better be ready next week. So, um, I mean, just going in with expectations, I, I feel pretty certain that centennial will win. Um, but whether cathedral can keep that from being a running clock, is it a two touchdown game, whatever it may be, uh, that'll tell us a lot because I like them a lot. They're not at number one now. And then with the schedule, they've got Chandler a week later, they've got De La Salle later on. So, uh, this is just a first in many huge tests for them this year. For Corona Centennial, sophomore receiver Corey C.J. Butler, 5'9", slot receiver. Watch watch him play. He, he's going to be that that next uh, D1. I think he's going to be a USC little hidden gem in a few years. So uh, just, just watch for him. Lance, 60 seconds or less. Have you decided where you're going this weekend? I know that was up for debate. And if you have, can I get a score prediction and just a, a minute on the game? Oh, I'd hate to give a prediction on this one. Uh, I'll try within within less than a minute. But Norco versus Santa Margarita. Norco wins that 42, 40 to 22 last year. And Norco, I believe, just scrimmaged St. John Bosco. Uh, so, you know, can't say, oh, they haven't played a game versus Santa Margarita, who already has beaten a really good team. San Juan Hills, like we said, not a good offensive showing relative to the standard they're at. Uh, I don't have, I'm coming into this one not knowing what to expect. Uh, if Santa Margarita would have would have you know smoked them, then I would say they win maybe 30 to 23. I'll say Santa Margarita 25 to 24. But uh, really excited to see the debut of uh, Tyler Dudden, uh, quarterback at Norco Junior. Already has offers. I've seen some good film on him. Really excited to see that. I'm, I'm, uh, it'll be a, a three point game or less. That's my best prediction. Santa Margarita running back Jake Foy missed that game against San Juan Hills. If he plays, I don't know if it's totally different, but he certainly would have helped them. Mitch, prediction for Folsom Serra. What a big game that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't uh, expecting to predict this one, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> you did. I think, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'll go with, I'm going to go Folsom 24-23. It's going to go down to a two-point conversion, and Patrick Walsh is going to go for, for the win. And uh, we'll come up just short. The only reason I give Folsom, they, they play one more game. Uh, they have a game under their belt. Um, and Sarah's uh, offensive line is uh, Coach Walsh at uh, Sarah isn't, you know, he's just, he's not sure about it yet. It's just young. It's talented, but he hasn't seen it. So just based on just having that one game, I'm, I'm going to get Folsom the edge. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a great game. Amazing. I can't wait to see your coverage from that. That is going to be awesome. So I'm making the trip to the desert for modern day Bishop Gorman 
in our Power 25 National High School Football Rankings, we have Modern Day at two and Bishop Gorman at four. After Bishop Gorman, the Corner Canyon from Utah last week, 42 to seven, they moved up from number five. So, so excited for this game. I predict Modern Day 28 to 21 winner over Bishop Gorman. And here's why. If you look at 247sports.com, 2023, Nevada, all those kids, it's a lot of Bishop Gorman, but it's a lot of skill players. It's a lot of receivers. It's tight ends. It's a linebacker, which I know isn't skill, but they don't have a lot of offensive and defensive linemen in those rankings. And if you look at California, modern day, their two highest ranked kids. I know Elijah Brown is ranked pretty highly, but two of their highest ranked kids are on the offensive line and Brandon Baker and DeAndre Carter. And I just trust modern day's trenches more than I trust Bishop Gorman's trenches. I think this modern day team pretty clearly isn't as good as they were last year because that team last year was so, so talented, but I still think this modern day team is really, really good. And it starts with their generational offensive line. I also think their defensive line is very good, despite not having as many big names as we're used to. And I look at this as a classic trench game for modern day. They might not be expected to have all these wild plays like Bishop Gorman is. I think they're They'll just run the ball, and on third and six, third and seven, they'll put it in Elijah Brown's hands, and, and, and he'll come up with the play. Am I a California homer? Probably, because let's be honest, I haven't really extensively studied Bishop Gorman as much as modern day over these last few years. Um, but just what I've watched from these Monarchs, especially last year in Texas and the group that's coming back, I think they will win this game, and I think it has everything to do with their offensive and defensive lines. Mitch, I'll let you sound off quickly on modern day Bishop Gorman. Do you see that similarly? Yeah, just just what you laid out was absolutely perfect. And yeah, I mean, come on, football is that's what it, where it's all won and lost. I mean, we 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 don't know that, but we know that. I mean, we only watch the the skill guys, the quarterbacks, and and woo about them. But it is it, it, yeah, this line is as good as you know. I, I saw Rawlinson. Did he say this was? I mean, I know that line in uh, 2016 was fantastic. 2018, excuse me, that. Um, so if it's anything close to that, yeah, I, I, I don't see them getting beat, and it might be a little bit more than that, to be honest. With you. Yeah, I'm with you. And last year, I remember everyone was like, "Oh, if Modern Day wins against Duncanville, it'll be close." And then we all yeah. saw right. how that turned out. I, I think Gorman is pretty comfortably better than Duncanville, but. Um, I'm excited to see Zachariah Branch for Bishop Gorman, their USC committed wide receiver, one of the best kids in the country. That'll be a blast. But defensively, Eric Johnson, that coordinator, Monterey, Day, he is maybe the best defensive high school coach in the state. What he does with, with that level of talent is, is so good. And any coach could coach that level of talent well, but the level that he gets them at, I feel like is greater than a lot of other coaches could get them at. And he's done it for so long. One coach told me he, he's like a general out there and he gets his soldiers to do exactly uh, what they want. So we're running out of time now, but thank you to Mitch Bodie and Lance for, for joining us. We'll try to get this out every week. This has been the SB live California podcast. I'm Connor Morissette and we'll see you next week.